helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. Maybe you're listening to today's show and you have an alcoholic problem. Or maybe it's not you, it's someone that you know, maybe a spouse, maybe a friend, maybe a child, and they are an alcoholic. Maybe you're someone that says, well, I need a drink or I need to drink to ease the pain. And I can't control it and I need help. Well, I'm here to tell you that you are listening to the right show and you're at the right place today. Today's show is entitled Understanding and Overcoming Alcoholism. And we want to invite you to stay tuned I'm your co-host, Bettina Davilmar, and with me in studio is award-winning psychotherapist, Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services. Welcome, Michael. Thank you very much, Bettina. And it is so good to be in studio with you again to do another important topic. I think this topic of alcoholism is a very important topic, especially for this time of year as we enter into the Christmas season where many people will be drinking and their spirits will be merry, Mm -hmm. as you say. Maybe a little too merry for some people's (laughs) liking. And so it's important for us to talk about alcoholism, the effects of alcoholism, and look at some of the studies that have been published about alcoholism, the effects it has on people's lives and their health, and also uh, 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 look at biblical passages that talks about the effect of alcoholism. And for those of you who have been listening to this show, you know that when we do these this show, we like to take the biblical perspective as well. So we will be looking at what the Bible has to say about alcoholism as well. So is there a biblical st- a story or verses that you would like to use to launch into today's show? Yes, as a matter of fact, I think the story of Abigail and Nabal is a very interesting topic and and a very unique passage to use to talk about alcoholism. I think there are a lot of parallels between what was happening in that family and what happens in family today when it comes to alcoholism. I'll just uh, relate the story from memory as to what happens in that passage in First Samuel chapter 25, because we don't have time to read the entire passage. So I'm going to narrate the story to the best of my ability, and so you'll get a gist of what we are talking about here. Yeah. So there is this couple, Nabal and Abigail. Nabal is a very wealthy man, mm-hmm. and uh, there is in proximity to where he he is with his cattle and his livestock, there is King David and his army. We are told in the passage that King David provided protection for Nabal and his his family. We are told that David's men and David, they were like a wall around Nabal. So in other words, this farmer who had no means of protecting himself had a strong army that for years have been providing protection for him and his family. So one day when David and his men were in need of substance, in need of food, David sent men to, to Nabal to ask for supplies. And instead of, of reciprocating to David, the kindness that David had done for him, Nabal 
hurled insult at David's men. When these men went back and told David what had happened, David said, get your swords ready. And they're preparing to go to to war with Nabal, who had no way of protecting himself. And so what when when news of this came to his wife Abigail through a servant who said, Abigail, you can't believe what your husband just did. He has just insulted David, the warrior, the mighty warrior. And now we're in great danger. And when Abigail heard about this and realized what was about to happen, Abigail took the supplies and she went on this donkey with the supplies that David needed. And she went and begged David, gave him the supplies, but also begged him. She said, don't you... Don't take revenge against my husband. He's just a fool. And as a matter of fact, the name Nabal actually means fool. And so she's saying, my husband doesn't know what he's doing. Now, you might be wondering, what does this have to do with alcoholism? Now, as the story unfolds, we are told that when Abigail came back and she was about to give her husband a piece of of her mind for what he just did, she realized that he was so drunk that he, it wouldn't make sense to talk to him in that state. So what Abigail did was to wait until the next morning. And the next morning, she said, what is it? What, what's wrong with you? Why did you do this? Why did you put us in such great danger? Yesterday, and, and, and Nabal is like, what, what do you mean? What? I don't have any rec- recollection of that. I didn't do anything. But when he heard, when she described to him how he insulted David, how David was about to launch an attack against he and his family. As a matter of fact, David said that not one male servant or male, male sibling, male relative of, of Nabal would be left alive. When he heard about that, we are told that Nabal had a heart attack and that 10 days later he died. So this is very common, a common scenario that plays out in many alcoholic families, in many families with alcoholics, where when you tell the alcoholic what they did the next day, they have no memory of it and they are shocked that they could have done such mm-hmm. things. So maybe it is at the, at the Christmas party and your husband who is alcoholic is flirting with your sister and is making these these sexual gestures and then when you tell him about it the next day he's shocked that you could do such a thing and sometimes might even deny that it's happening because many alcoholics have no memory of what they did the next the next day and so i think the story paints very very uh, clearly for us some of the scenarios that plays out in alcoholic families. As a matter of fact, Proverbs 30 verse 1 tells us wine is a mocker. In other words, wine makes a fool of you, or too much wine makes a fool of you, and strong drink a brawler. So this fight that Nabal is getting himself into when he's drunk. And that plays out in many families today. Some alcoholics get into fight with neighbors, into fight with family members, into fight with co-workers. And then the next day, they're in trouble for it. 
And so when we're told that wine makes a fool of you in Proverbs 20 verse 1, the, the name Nabal, as we have said before, actually means a fool. And so it's possible that he has been drinking for so long that his actions depicted that of a fool. And the things that he did kept getting him in trouble over and over and over again. So it's not surprising that as a result of this drinking that he ended up having a heart attack the next day when he heard about what he did. Michael, this is such a sad story. Uh, One of uh, stories in the Bible that always boggled my mind. The fact that Abigail had to go and, you know, pretty much cover her husband after what he's done. And so I'm just wondering, is there any research? We see that Nabal had a heart attack. Is there any research uh, linking drinking with heart attacks? Yes, actually there is. There is this publication that was done in the Can- by the Canadian Centre on, Subst- on Substance Use and Addiction. And one of the health risks that they say alcoholics have, or one of the the health consequences of alcohol abuse or, or drinking too much alcohol is congestive heart disease or congestive heart failure. So the the publication is saying that there is a link between drinking and cardiovascular diseases such as people who end up with congestive heart failure. And so it's not surprising that the Bible is telling us that Nabal, this person who drank so much that he actually Mm. became known as a fool, uh, actually had this disease. So we see that it's not surprising due to the research. Now, I'm wondering if there's other health risks that are associated with alcohol. Yes, the publication the publication goes on to say that there is a number, there's, there has been a link between certain types of cancer and uh, and alcoholism. There's also liver cirrhosis that is linked to alcoholism, mm. hypertension, yes. and diabetes is also linked to alcoholism. Uh, they're, they're saying also that there is possible that uh, a breast cancer may be higher in women who drink mm. than in women who don't. So there's a lot here from this publication that is showing that alcoholism has tremendous impact on a person's health. But Bettina, we could also look at the impact that it has on the lives of people. How many people have been killed by drunk drivers? The high percentage of people who drink who end up injuring themselves and ending up in the ER because of fights that they get into. So there there are a lot of negative consequences uh, pertaining to the use of alcohol. So there's a big deal with fentanyl, Michael, these days, you know, people taking fentanyl and other types of drugs. How common is alcohol compared to other substances? Okay, so if we take a look at the, let us look at it in terms of demographic, for example. So if we look at it in terms of the age 15 and over, 76.9% of the population, according to the same uh, research by the, the Canadian Centre on on substance use and addiction. 76.9% of Canadians use alcohol, compared to only 12.3% who use 
cannabis. Wow. And only 1.2% of the population uses cocaine and 0.7% use ecstasy and other drugs. So we can see that alcoholism by far outranks the others. As a matter of fact, the total of all the other use does not come close to the number of people who use alcoholism. If we look at adults 25 and over, look look at that demographic. The the statistics are similar. 77.8% of alcohols, of of adults in that age group use alcohol. Only 9.9% use cannabis. And 0.9% use other drugs and other other substances. Only 0.8%, for example, use cocaine in that demographic. And so the percentage used for alcohol, again, in that demographic of the population is very high. So whatever demographic you're looking at, the use of alcohol, the percentage of people who use alcohol outranks those that use other substances by far. And so alcohol is very, very common. And I think we are doing our students a disservice mm. when we talk to them in school about av- avoiding uh, hard drugs such as cocaine right. and ecstasy and so forth. And do not tell them about the destructive nature of alcohol because alcohol is far more damaging, does far more damage in, in society than those other substances Combine. If you have just joined us, you're listening to the Life Transformation Show. And I'm your host, Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services. And today we are talking about alcohol use, understanding and overcoming alcoholism. If you have missed the first part of today's show, you can listen to it by going to our website, elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. You can also call us at one 544 3546 with any questions or queries that you have, we would be happy to hear from you. Remember also that we are a not-for-profit organization, so we need your help to continue to provide the services that we provide at subsidized rates for people who are in dire need but can't afford it. And again, I want to thank you for joining us today on this episode of the Life Transformation Show. We're on the air every Monday morning at 9.30. So Michael, with everything that you've been saying this morning, I'm understanding more and more that alcohol is a huge problem. I remember being in high school and uh, the students there, a lot of them, the, the death rate was really big when it was associated to alcohol, drunk and driving, drinking and driving, and, and they would die. And, and it, every year it would just happen and happen. It, was, it wasn't the drugs, it was the alcohol. And so I'm so glad that you pointed that out, that Alcohol is far more um, like a risk than the other drugs. Far more det- detrimental. detrimental. Yes, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways than the other drugs combined. And so, Michael, when does drinking become a problem? That's a very good question, Bettina. There is this method of assessment that's called the CAGE method. And the, the C is for cut down. If you have ever had the feeling 
that you need to cut down on the amount of alcohol that you're drinking. It has probably become a problem. If you answer, if you can answer yes to any of these, these four uh, letters, these four questions that make up the acronym CAGE, then it's probably a problem. So the C is for cut down. If you are feeling that you have a need to cut down or others around you have been telling you that you need to cut down on your drinking, it has probably become a problem. Right. And it's it's good to note, uh, it's important, I should say, to note that for alcohol, they are sometimes, alcoholics, they are sometimes in denial. They are the last one to think that their drinking mm. is a problem. True. But relatives usually know. So if your relatives have been telling you that you need to cut down on the on the amount of alcohol you're consuming, then your drinking has probably become a problem. The A is for annoyed. And this <laughs> this is very interesting because if Who's you annoyed? If, 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 if people are telling you that you need to cut down and you are so annoyed at them for ah. thinking that you need to cut down, you know, why do they think I need to right. cut down? And you feel annoyed <laughs> that people are telling you that you need to cut down on the amount of alcohol that you're drinking, your drinking has become a problem. Mm. So the C is for cut down, the A is for annoyed, and the G is for guilty. If you have been in, if been drinking and things have been happening in your life where you're beginning to feel guilty about the things that people have been telling you Mm -hmm. that you do or say when you're under the influence of alcohol, then that's a clear indication that it has become a problem and that you need to to cut down or, or, or to stop the drinking that you're doing. And the E is another funny one, I should say, funny in a sad way, but the E is for eye-opener. If you're listening and you have ever felt that you need to take like eye opener in the morning, like you're so, you're, you know, you're so out of it that to start your day, you have to have, you have to have a, a eye opener in the morning to get going, then you are probably a, an alcoholic or your drinking has probably gone to the place or to the, to, to an extent that you need to consider getting professional help. So the acronym C-A-G-E. But on top of that, other good indications that you are drinking too much and that you need to cut down on your drinking or stop drinking altogether is if it is beginning to affect your relationship with those around you. So if you're annoyed, people around you are probably being affected. People around you are probably seeing the damaging effect that your drinking is having. And so if it's affecting your relationship, then it it's a problem. If it's affecting your social interaction with others, you're getting into conflicts and fight, like maybe at the cottages on the weekend, you you drink a little bit too much and you get into these conflicts with others and then the next day you are sorry when you sober up. Like Nabal, you're probably drinking too much and it it's time to consider uh, getting help to stop. And so if it's affecting your, your, your personal relationships, your social life, your occupation, mm. and even your health, 
There are people who have gone to doctors and doctors have been saying that you need to stop drinking. It's now affecting your liver. Or if you don't stop, we can see signs that it's going to be a health problem. Those are clear indication that you're drinking too much. So if you see any of these symptoms, if you can identify to any of the the questions in the CAGE acronym that we have talked about earlier, or you, you're being affected in any of these ways, whether in your relationships, your social life, your occupational life, or your health, then these are clear signs that you need to stop drinking. There are some of you listening who have a DUIs, and if you're drinking to that point where you have a DUIs drinking under the influence charges, and you're stop drinking, don't get annoyed at people around you who are telling you to stop. They are trying to help you because the last thing you want is to kill yourself or to kill someone else because you're driving drunk. Michael, that is so important what you just said. And I'm just wondering, is there any, just to understand even more and get to a deeper level now, are there any generational um, influences or genetic influences Yes, I think that's a, that's such an important question as well, because in Christian circles, we talk a lot about generational curse and generational patterns. And the studies bear out that there is a strong generational component when it comes to alcoholism. As a matter of fact, the, the studies that, that I have researched says that if one parent drink, there is a 20% probability that the, the children will drink. Mm. If two parents, if you have a household where two parents are drinking, the possibility of the children being alcoholic, or at least one of the children drinking as well, increases from between 20 to 50%. So we can see that there, there is a strong generational influence. Now, the statistics gets even more interesting when it comes to this genetic or, or this, this generational influence on drinking. And if, if, this, if you're a son of a father who drink, if your father drink and you are the son, there's a 50% uh, probability that you will be an, a drinker as well. Now, it gets even more interesting than that. If if your father drank to the point where he's a severe alcoholic and he has had criminal charges because of alcoholism, like maybe DUIs or got into fight while drunk or other criminal charges because of alcoholism, you have a 90% chance, according to the studies, if you're a son of such a father. So in in, in in our retreats that we do, we do genograms and we believe that there is also a spiritual component in a lot of these instances. So there is the psychological, there is the the genetic, and there is the there there is the the, the conditioning based on the household that you grew up in. But I also believe that there is a, a spiritual. It's yes. not just nature or nurture, but I think there is a spiritual as well. Mm-hmm. And I think there is also a need for prayer over your over your family, over your generation to break these influences mm-hmm. because the, 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 the link is very, very strong. And Michael, you know, we're discussing all this and it's and the gravity of it and we're getting an understanding which is awesome and now there may be 
some listeners today tuning mm-hmm. in and mm-hmm. they're wondering, okay, I'm seeing myself here. I'm in trouble. I don't know what to do. I got the understanding. I need help. But is there hope? Is there hope for that listener that is saying, okay, I've hit rock bottom? There is hope. The studies also show that for people who are motivated, and that's a key word, if you are motivated to get help, if you have listened to this show today and you said, well, I am motivated and I'm going to do something about my drinking. If you're motivated, the studies show that there is a 70% recovery after 18 months of treatment. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's important for you to get the treatment to help. And that treatment might mean be working with a professional. Right that understands how they can help you to gradually cut down the amount of alcohol that you are you are consuming, working with an addiction specialist that can help you to cut down your, your alcohol use. There is a 70% chance that after 18 months, you could be in a different position that you are now. And uh, this might also include joining things like AA groups, Alcoholic Anonymous, uh, or Celebrate Recover groups. Right. And these groups are, are very helpful in helping people who are addicted to, to be motivated, to keep you motivated, because it's hard when you're working through this alone. But when you're in a group, that you're working together as part of a group, the possibility of recovery is very, very high. There's a 70% recovery after 18 months if you are motivated to get help. So let me say that this show today was not to put down anyone. I know that it's an addiction usually has deeper roots. And I think as part of the treatment, it's not only important that you go through the, the, the practical part of cutting down on the substance, uh, the amount of substance that you're using. I think it is also very important to understand the root because in these generation, when we do generational charts in our, in our retreats and in our workshop and we see alcoholism going back many years, the, in many generations, there is usually a, a root pain that has not been dealt with, a trauma or a severe abuse that has happened in one generation that sets off a chain reaction. And until people understand the root causes of why they're drinking, sometimes it's hard to stop. So I would say also get counseling. Mm-hmm. It can be very helpful in helping you to break that habit. So, Bettina, I see that we have quickly come to the end of today's show. Yes. And we want to thank you, our listeners, for being with us to 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 listen, being with us and listening to this, this topic. I think the things that we have talked about today can be helpful. I think I have tried to paint a picture of how serious drinking is. I have also uh, gave you ways of assessing whether or not you're drinking too much. And finally, I've also given you some solutions, some Mm -hmm. tips as to what you can do to start breaking that habit. I do hope you take the first step and reach out for help. So remember also that you can call us. Our number is one eight seven seven five four four three five four six. We do have professionals on staff, including myself, who can help you to deal with what's behind the drinking 
problem. And you can also find out more about this and other topics by going to our website at elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. And you can link to our YouTube channel that has over 200 podcasts such as this one that you can listen to. We would like you to also prayerfully consider making a donation to this ministry that we can continue to air programs like these and continue to provide counseling help to those in need. So until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services. And Bettina Davelmar. Praying together that God would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart.